so I am working um, to get art for my office. Uh, and I like, you know, nerdy things, but I also don't like, I don't want it to be like, oh, you're walking and here's an Iron Man picture, like, in your face, right? It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slay. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're celebrating the home box office. Mike. Home box office. Well, I feel like I haven't seen those three words spelled out like that in a while. <laughs> I, 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 only, I get you, probably only half of our audience is going to know what that means. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get into it here in a little bit. Um, I'm really surprised at this next one that Kate Bishop is the most trending Avenger right now. Yeah, it's surprising. And she's uh these these young Avengers. They're they're up and coming. They're up and coming, and she's very very, um, close to a current Avenger. Like I, there's like nothing distinguishing her that I can think of about it. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, Star Wars takes a leaked detour, <laughs> and more. Yeah, this is uh usually we're uh, pretty warmed up for the podcast, uh, but we 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 kind of uh. We cut the chit chat. We started recording this thing uh, right off, uh, right off the top of the mm-hmm. recording session. So we're hot, we're fresh. I'm drinking this uh, Mountain Dew Spark. This is something that you sent me in the mail, Chris. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we left this out of the the, the corn feast the other week. So now I'm like. I'm not going to be as caffeinated as I was for the 300th episode because there's they, the, the Mountain Dew just doesn't go that crazy with their caffeine well, anymore. I will tell you, uh, I had a listener on the show, Jason, reach out and say that the energy drink Bang has 300 milligrams of caffeine. Ooh, so oh, yeah, for, for 300 episode, we can we can we can <laughs> done the Bang. Uh, I drink this one. It's actually um, a, a uh, all natural kind of energy drink by this workout company mm-hmm. um, called Alani New. Um, it's just recently hit Target and Kroger in our area. Um, but I'll drink one of those every morning. They have a lot of caffeine, but it's supposedly healthier because it's like a workout energy drink. I don't, I don't know the difference. <laughs> no, I, it's a, it's so funny. I feel like if we were to truly demystify like all kind of energy caffeinated drinks, it's just like the, there's a giant warehouse somewhere that just orders bulk crates of like powdered caffeine. And they're just like, what flavors are we going to mix this with? And how are mm. we going to sell it? You know, I feel like all the R and D is going into the marketing it's, it's, <laughs> department. It's, it's something red and something blue, yeah. and, and then and then if they're you're lucky, they'll release a purple mixture down the road. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I feel like I'm an old man now that's trying to keep up with the trends. So like I'm not streaming myself over on Twitch, but I'm just trying to get a handle on what Twitch is, how people use it, mm-hmm. you know, what's what what are the norms and stuff. So I've been trying to follow some people on Twitch, you know, trying to check them out. You know, when they're streaming, uh, shout out to friend of the show, uh, Quentin Parker, who goes yeah. by the name Bougie Q. He's streaming a whole lot of Apex Legends. And yeah, I, I hate to say this because I don't want to inflate his ego because he's a very competitive guy. But he seems very, very good. Like he's a very bet. <laughs> he's a lot better at it first person shooters than I am. Uh, one, mainly because he's on a PC, because once you have that mouse control, you're automatically going to be better than somebody with a controller. Uh, and he's also he also does like the aim lab stuff, too. Um, yeah. But. I, the only reason I bring this up, I feel like half of the people I watch on Twitch are like sponsored by like an energy drink. So <laughs> there you go. That's the the marketing arm of it. You know, funding a lot of uh, Twitch uh, Twitch creators' uh, wallets. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we support him. We're, we're, we'll sponsor him with a shout out. Here's your shout out, Quentin. Enjoy. 
Hope you get some viewers on your Twitch. He does. He does. I mean, we we've played with him before on his Twitch stream. Whenever we do some Call of Duty occasionally. So. Yeah, he's coming back around. Like this is the like this is a funny thing. It used to be all about how your friends were siloed by their consoles, right? Whatever their parents were able to get them at the store, you know, whatever whatever they saved up for at their part-time job when they were a kid, uh, what consoles that they had. Uh, very rarely were you lucky enough to have two, and usually you bought what your friend bought, so you could kind of play mm -hmm. the same stuff. Uh, but now it's different with crossplay being enabled. Now it's more just kind of what like uh, ecosystem are you connected to? Like you play a lot of Fortnite, he plays a lot of Apex. I don't really play a lot of anything, but the yeah. thing that I that I do play is Warzone. Yeah. So it is just kind of funny. It's just like like they're all shooters, right? I mean, I guess Fortnite is the most unique because it's third person and it has a building aspect to it. But it's just yeah. like we're all just shooting people. It's just funny how we all can't quite get on the same page on the same on the same free to play game that's out there. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's that. It doesn't uh, even cost us money. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we, we can't even figure it out. Um, I I mean, this week, I mean, just to, just to touch on Fortnite before we jump into some other stuff, that was the um the Marvel season ended with the Galactus event, and mm -hmm. I was able to take part of that. You, you said you, you caught a, a watch of it on... Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to check it out, but uh, the first question I asked you when you said it was over, I was like, how big, did, how big did they make Galactus? Did they shrink him down to a shootable size, or was he big? And you were just like, his. you could run up his arms, and it felt like you were in a yeah. trench. So I, I got a very good idea of how big he actually was just on that description. Well, well and the, the worst part is, I didn't even tell you, you're not running, you're actually driving a bus up his arms, like in a trench. <laughs> So like, it's probably a little bit bigger than you thought, but it did have some interactive parts where it was like a That's like an cool. on rail shooter and stuff like that. And I was I was happy to see that. I don't have a whole lot of buy in for Fortnite in general, but I do like how they kept him big because that's how he that's how most of the yeah. time his grandiose power is displayed in uh, Marvel comic books is the, the size, the scale. He's yeah, huge. He, and, and they 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 tease him being huge, and then it was this one event, and then it was done, and I was it was pretty awesome. But the new character, speaking of, is actually Kratos from God of War. You can get. Um, so I'm playing this PlayStation exclusive character in Fortnite on my Xbox now, uh, <laughs> which is wild to think of. I'm like this this Fortnite has transcended platforms and genres altogether. So I, I'm very excited for that, but. Um, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I mean, hopefully we can we can do some more more gaming with everybody this holiday season when we're sitting at home being safe and not not catching things because people are getting locked down again, Mike. So Ooh, we gotta, we yeah, do it's this. getting yeah, it's getting bad out here in California. So uh, maybe I will need to pre-order Cyberpunk. Yeah. So I have something to do when I'm stuck inside. I did, and I don't know what I'm getting myself into. So if anyone else is excited for Cyberpunk, shoot me a message and tell me what I mm -hmm. should expect before before <laughs> we get in there. Um, on that note, though, it is uh, you know the the time to stream holiday movies, Mike, and, and other mm -hmm. stuff here. And I believe, judging by the names, that maybe your three are holiday related. It looks uh, like. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got we got some holiday stuff going on here. So speaking of things, you know that uh, you're completely unprepared for. Hulu just added this new movie called Happiest Season, and uh, of course, my wife uh, uh, demanded that we watch it because uh, Dan Levy is in it, the the creator and one of the co stars of Schitt's Creek, one of her favorite shows. Mm -hmm. So uh, I saw that uh, Kristen Stewart also stars in it, and there's some other people as well. You know, it's kind of like a family holiday movie, or no, a, a holiday movie with a family in it. It might be family friendly. I'm not 100% sure. 
but it, it was pretty fun. I was actually pleasantly surprised. It kind of has has a meet the parents vibe where kind of Kristen Stewart is playing the Ben Stiller s character, mm-hmm. but it's more of a dramedy, right? There's um there's definitely laughs in it. There are some laugh out loud moments, some really good jokes that I liked. Uh, but it does have like this drama side to it too. Uh, but I think Happiest Season is strong enough, I think, to put in the rotation, which I think is a pretty good recommendation for a holiday movie. Uh, my wife did something pretty cool this year where she got a jar and she wrote down all of our favorite holiday movies and we put them in the jar. So now we shake up the jar and we just pull what we want to watch. Uh, but of course, we keep it loose. We keep it free. If there's something we have to watch and we don't want to wait to pick it out of the jar, we just watch it. So I told her after the movie was over, I was like, yeah, I think this could be a jar movie. So if you have Hulu, uh, go check out Happiest Season. I think you'll be pleasantly uh, surprised by that one. Okay. Uh, And then uh, next up, we got The Holiday Movies That Made Us. This might sound familiar. It's over on Netflix because I believe they have, I guess, another season of this just called The Movies That Made Us, I think is what it's called. Chris, are you familiar with this at all? Uh, Yeah, I've heard of uh, of a couple of them, like... um... The, the, there's like the toys that made us they go through a whole bunch of genres of stuff yeah it's it's kind of almost like uh if you remember if you're back in the day if you remember that vh1 tv show where they just went over a decade for like an hour long uh it, it, it kind of has like a similar vibe to that but this is uh but they have only two episodes i don't know if they're going to be adding more sometimes netflix does weekly ads i don't think that's the case but they have like these kind of like little 40 minute documentaries on the movie elf mm-hmm. and the movie the nightmare before christmas And I just wanted to say, like, maybe don't waste your time with these. This is almost kind of like a PSA of I can't stand the editing style of this. No one who gets interviewed in these documentaries ever gets a chance to finish their sentence. It's almost like the it's almost like the producer of the show decided uh, we want to cut everybody off mid sentence and then have the narrator finish saying what they're saying. And then we're going to cram in a bunch of these really cheesy, cringy jokes. And then we're going to manipulate some drama that doesn't actually exist and it's just really hard to watch. But at the same time, one thing that is nice about it is they, they, I don't know if this is just because they couldn't get the big name people to do these little documentaries. They end up getting a lot of the smaller people that worked on the film, you know, like costume designers or set designers or like, you know, lead animators and stuff like that. So I like seeing those people's kind of opinions and stories when they worked on these movies. So that, that was kind of nice. But the whole time I was watching these things, I was just, I just kept thinking, man, an independent YouTuber could do a better job, you know, mm-hmm. doing a rundown for how these movies were made than this like high end production that's on Netflix. So I felt <sighs> vindicated when I looked this up that some other people had similar feelings to me. So I mean, if you can, it, I don't know. This might be a good thing to just have it on the background when you're on your phone. Well, I I think what I mean for my understanding, I I saw actually a, a more about the movie Elf. Like you know, just kind of it felt like bonus features, but like amateur bonus feature info you learn like you know again they I, to give it away because you really mike said you shouldn't watch this uh or pay attention but like they went chris farley instead of will ferrell like this movie mm-hmm. you know they, they they filmed in like a an abandoned mental hospital um kind of thing like i think that's fine but at the same time like yeah this feels like content that's being created um in 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 like a lot a shutdown mode by like hey editors do you have any ideas Oh, we found these bonus features and behind the scenes footage of Elf or The Nightmare Before Christmas that we can get the rights to. 
throw something together. Yeah, uh, is what it feels like. That could be a possibility. And the whole the whole thing is a little confusing because I never saw the quote unquote first season of this. But I think in the normal the movies that made us there there are a couple episodes that revolve around Christmas movies. Like I think Home Alone might be in that first season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But if you want to if you want to redeem Netflix from this very kind of bizarre kind of small documentary that they're making over there. They have this other show that we just started watching called The Repair Shop, which is just very, very nice, very calm, very soothing. Uh, it's just about this like uh, repair shop over in the UK. I don't know exactly where it is. And it's, it's, it's very stagey. It's very set up. You know, I, I have no illusions that people are walking into this place like an I fix it, you know, having people fix their phone. You know, they schedule these people to show up with these heirloom objects. And then the, the people that work on the show uh, fix their things. So, for example, there's this woman who had like this really old butter churner that she grew up with and now it's faded. It doesn't work anymore. But she'd like to have it fixed up so she can show her kids and she can be transported back to when she was a kid. So she just shows up with this butter Turner, and then all of these handcraft experts who know everything about making like little barrels or painting like letters and stuff like that, just like all just like kind of glom onto this project and they fix it up and they make it look perfect. Uh, there is this uh, another thing where they fix like this pocket watch that survived like an internment camp in World War II and mm-hmm. they opened it up and they had to like do like micron thin painting for the numbers that had faded but they still tried to kept the original like patina of it so it's just really so- it's very like soothing it's calm it's very feel good these people have these really nice emotional reactions when they come back at the end of the episode and they see their item has been fixed so it's not quite christmas related the repair shop but you know if you want some good feel good stuff uh i would go check it out i think i'm a little late to the party here i think there might be a couple seasons of this already and i don't know if it's a netflix original or if they just license it or what's going on but the repair shop over on netflix i had a great time with it it reminds me of i remember um antiques road show but like the you know, like Maybe people who like, oh, we have something here. Uh, we uh-huh. need to get it cleaned up first before we can, you know, figure out how much it costs, kind of thing. Yeah, but without the the actual price to it, kind of at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, if the show's paying for this stuff, or they just get a discount because they agree to come on TV. But uh, my wife really likes uh, the idea of rehabbing old stuff and making it new again. And we tried to dabble around uh, some streaming services with some kind of repair pawn shop, you know, content that they have and there was this one awful show where uh, they bring on like two contestants and they go through a flea market and they try to buy some stuff and then they try to uh, like upcycle it to sell it like at a swap meet and it was just awful it was dumb we hated it so we were looking for something that could fill that void and this was it because they're experts right there's like a Louis Vuitton trunk that comes in and the expert that fixes it knows everything about trunks knows the whole history of trunks from the day that they were invented to where they are now they know all the intricacies of the rivets and how to repair and make leather and stuff like that so if you're just looking for something to like really kind of calm you down and focus uh, uh, I would highly recommend a repair shop because the holiday movies that make us is frenetic and will give you a headache so maybe you watch that first and you come down with the repair shop mm-hmm. but but that's what that's what's been happening over at my corn stream you know I'll, I'll save you all the other holiday movies we've been watching because we've been watching one or two a night so uh, that's what I've been up to Chris how about you well I went down um, and, and was doing 
doing, what was I doing yesterday? There was something I was doing, I don't remember, I was like, I'm going to be in the kitchen for a minute, so let's mm-hmm. put on a Christmas movie that I don't really have to watch, because I've seen it so many times, mm-hmm. uh, and I got, was able to get a uh, 1080 high-def version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, the old Rankin-Bass stop-motion animation film, right? Um, mm-hmm. This movie does not hold up. Uh, <laughs> the more I sat and listened to it, like at one point, Rudolph's dad and, and his mom like, well, I'm he's like, I'm going to go out and find my son who's run away, right? And she's like, I'm going to go with you. And he's like, no, this is a man's job. And I'm like, oh, that would not go over well today. Um, and like, you know, just, just a horrible... Oh, like the references are just of its era and I, like, I can mm-hmm. try to forgive it, but I'm just like, Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's like total nostalgic charm. Um, I was just having this conversation yesterday and my wife was, was saying, what's the worst Christmas song out there in existence? Cause everybody's, everybody online is arguing and saying it's this song called Christmas shoes. Christmas or whatever. shoes. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard that song before actually. So I pulled it up and I was like, Oh God, this is a bad song. But then I started to think about it and I was like, well, if I had to pick, it would probably be the very overtly like Christian Christmas songs. The ones that talk a lot about baby Jesus and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But at the same time, if you grew up listening to those songs, they're engra- they're just engraved in the back of your brain, right? Yeah. So when you hear them, you don't just think Christmas, you feel Christmas, whether you believe or you like that stuff or not. So yeah, even though uh, Rudolph has like totally kind of aged out of uh, out of its pop culture references, when you watch it, it still feels like Christmas. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And like, I don't have anything wrong with it. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, we need to cancel Rudolph the Red Nose, right? <laughs> like, this is one of the movies. Just needs a disclaimer. Because because at one point, like Rudolph, his nose comes off and he's red and happy, and Santa's like, "Donner, I'm ashamed of you." I'm like, "What <laughs> the hell, man? Like, he can't pick his kids. Like, this, this is all about a movie about acceptance at the end of it. But like, it takes all, it takes a beating to get there. I'm like, this is this feels like 1960s, but it's still charming. I love, you know, um, I can't think of the guy who does the snowman now, but I was thinking of it. He's, you know, he sings uh, the songs and is the narrator. I love it. It's fun. Bumbles, bumbles, bounce. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying we need to stop watching it, but I would take an updated version. I take yeah, an updated I, version. I, I would, I would probably be flogged for at least not bringing it up since we just talked about it. But in that holiday movies that made us, the episode where they talk about Elf, they talk a lot about Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer mm-hmm. and Rankin Bass. That that's that's what it is. Yeah, Rankin, Rank, Bass? Rankin Bass. Rank, yeah. Rankin Bass. They talk a lot about that stuff. So if you want to know a little bit more about that, like I said, like I know I didn't recommend it, but there's not a whole lot to watch yeah. out there just yet. You know, Wonder Woman isn't out yet, so yeah. So there's that. And then the other thing I've taken upon myself, I'm trying so goddamn hard to watch the X Files, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it, it is not going well for me. I need to work oh, no. a little harder on this. It's nothing against it. I'm just like, this is an hour long show of the early '90s. I know the theme song before I know the rest of the episode, so I'm just <laughs> trying to find some time to focus on it. But I'm working on it. So if anyone has any, I don't need a watch list, but like, I, I don't know. Like, what's the draw? What am I missing here that's well, not like, pulling me in? So I, I've kind of had a similar thought that I think maybe you're kind of floating around is that like. No one's saying the X Files is a bad show, but if the show had never existed in the '90s and came out exactly as it was today, I don't think it would be a success just because of all of the competition out there in the marketplace. You know, mm-hmm. the further you go back in time, the less options and the less content that there was. So when you get something like an X Files, you get more time to sit with it, right? It's like, oh, do I watch the X Files or? 
I don't know what night it came on or do I switch yeah. on over to 60 minutes and watch that because there's no no DVRs exist. I think when X-Files started to come out, I don't even think there was DVDs yet either. So it's just like, what do you, yeah. you don't have much to pick from. So you might as well just get very, very focused and interested and committed to these actors and these well, characters. So it's we're just not in that type of landscape anymore. So... If you've never really watched the X-Files before, you have no nostalgia or connection to it, and you're going into it fresh-eyed, doughy-eyed, you know, yeah, what's really going to sink your hooks into you, you know? Exactly. And I really, really like Twin Peaks, which I feel is like kind of in the same vein, like really sci-fi, you know, mystery, mm-hmm. hour-long stuff that's this quirky, you know, and there's nothing like it, but at the same time, it's not like... You know, we're, you know, I've got other things I could go do or watch because, you know, we, we now have a choice where I think we're oversaturated on stuff to watch at this point. <laughs> I feel behind on a lot of things. But, um, you know, so I mean, I'm trying to do it, but I'm like, this could be like maybe my nighttime before bed wind down show. So uh, I'm trying, Mike. I'm trying. Well, but, I, I appreciate the effort. Yeah. Well, I mean, you brought up a good point here. It's not, we're not, we're not at a point where we're getting the new quality content yet, but, you know, we're going to be getting some quality content. And with that, we're going to talk about Warner Brothers. Ooh, Why are we this talking was a shocker. <laughs> Warner Brothers um, pulled the rug out from underneath us this week and announced that every one of their 2021 films, I think there's maybe 12 to 15 of them, uh, will release simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max the same day. This this was shocking uh, because I was in the the waiting room for the dentist office. I had just got out of my dentist appointment. I just got my new card to remind me for my new appointment. That I believe it's in June next year. I open up Twitter and I was like, "What? Hold on, I need to sit down. I need to take this in." Mm-hmm. And this is like the first thing I thought of was like, "This is a shot across the bow." This is the first time I feel like it's ever felt like a streaming war, uh, even though it's I really feel like they're not fighting each other they're just kind of fighting the ongoing pandemic yeah. no one was ex- expecting the new challenger in the streaming war was a pandemic <laughs> right yeah and, and that's the thing like okay so like there's there's some caveats here you know that we'll talk about in a minute but like hbo max has one of uh has an advantage of, of again its parent company is warner brothers and it probably has a pretty large budget if i was a guessing man right like because mm-hmm. it's borrowing like this hbo originals budget so they're like you know how can we maybe take this budget and get more subscribers for our service this year. Um, the interesting caveat is they are, this, the, each movie will have a four week or one month period that this movie is on HBO max before reverting back to um, only theaters or VOD or paid, right? Like paid options, mm-hmm. um, which makes me think if I looked at the schedule, right, that is at least one, maybe two movies a month. That means yeah. you are not going to be able to, if you want to watch the next one, you're not going to cancel your subscription that year, right? You're going to hold it mm-hmm. all year long because you get all these theatrically quality movies right to your streaming service. Um, yeah, and it, and it does beg the question, you know, what is the point of the, of the month-long delay for theaters, you know, who's gonna like who's gonna wait a month to go see, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong in the theater when they could just watch it at home? Now you could make the argument, oh, I want to see the big creatures on a big screen, but uh, people aren't gonna want to wait. They're gonna want to yeah. be in the zeitgeist. They're they're gonna want to be in the know. Uh, I think the other unknown part about this equation is how much money are the theaters getting from Warner Brothers for doing this? Because mm-hmm. I believe legally that has to be done. Like they can't just put these movies 
straight to their streaming service when they were destined for the theater to begin with. So I think this is kind of similar to that AMC deal that happened uh, a few months ago. Uh, I, I believe they're going to be getting some back in on these Warner Brothers uh, stuff. But uh, this, yeah, the the streaming aspect of it is huge. If you're a subscriber, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Well, that, that the other thing is... Um... It's 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 also I think it's not related to the movie theaters. I think it's going to the producers, not the theaters, uh, because AMC threw a goddamn fit over this. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. the president he's like, "Well, you're ruining the movie going experience." Well, I mean, this is a unique time; it requires a unique solution, right? Um, and they're not also completely cutting theaters out because around the globe, theaters are opening up, right? Or, mm-hmm. And hopefully, here you know sooner than later. So, like in the latter half of next year, if it's safe to go to the theater. You can stay at home or go to the theater, right? Like, there's not going to be... You can have the competing ideologies with, without the delay. So I, I think this is a really, really interesting, you know, kind kind of deal what's going on here. And I'm very on board with it. I, I, I hate to say it uh, like that because I love going to the movie theaters. But I really, really am excited for this 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 adventure, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, well, if we were to if we are to uh, trust the timelines that we've been given, at least here in the United States, they say everybody who wants a vaccine for COVID nineteen should be able to have one by June. You know, let's give that a couple months of wiggle room, depending on how things go. I mean, like the movie theaters, they can't plan for the second half of twenty twenty one. How much revenue could they possibly miss by going a whole like two quarters without getting stuff into theaters? I think this makes sense for them to make this strategy. The big question is is it going to stick around right mm-hmm. i've seen some people say uh why on earth would they build up all of this goodwill for a whole year and then take it away after a year right you know if this is indeed a strategy not just to keep subscribers to but to grow and gain new subscribers, like you know, take somebody out of the know, Chris. We are very, very familiar with how streaming services work. You know, the windows for how uh, things are negotiated for movies. Why is Home Alone on Disney Plus right now, but it won't be on Disney Plus? You know, after December. You know, we know these things. But you know, if I think of somebody like my parents, or maybe like an aunt or an uncle, right, that are just like, oh wow, look at all these big movies. I gotta get HBO Max. Then 2022 rolls around, and they're like, wait, why can't I watch this on my streaming service? Uh, you know, that could be an issue for them. That could ruin some goodwill. But you know, are you worried? Are you, are you worried that these people are going to have animosity in 2022 or more than likely are they just going to be lazy and they're not going to yeah. and they're not going to cancel because there'll be other stuff to watch there as well. Um, I wager on the side of always disappointment. You know, uh, corporations have disappointed us our entire lives. So I would not be shocked if when 2022 rolls around, they just go back to well, they go back to the status quo. The current deal is only for 2021 from the the CEO of, of Warner Brothers slash HBO Max, mm-hmm. whoever was so there's currently no movies on 2022 uh on that list and that includes what i believe um shazam 2 right now and batman and a couple other movies so i i very much as um i mean per the rules they're gonna do it but like what does 12 months look like even you know where where mm-hmm. are we in tw- i mean 12 months ago we didn't ever guess we were here at this rate so yeah what, what does that what does it even look like so yeah i'd love to see the ledger i'd love to see the math of how they decide at what point does this become breaking even at what point does this become so profitable we should keep it moving forward right mm-hmm. because it's like you have to do different types of math right you know we're 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 gaining sustaining subscribers right you know this person might be giving us 15 dollars a month for the next five years and that's worth a lot more than whatever 
box office breaking numbers we could get for this big blockbuster film. Well, well, some people may, I mean, I will tell you right now, if I sat down some people I know or, or my wife's family specifically and said, which one of these movies would you pay to go see in a theater versus what would you wait and watch on a streaming service? They might see one of these movies Mm -hmm. they but so like their value if they had the subscription service for the year is way higher or you know two months is way higher than if they went to the movie theater um once i guess you know because you know if if you took the money going directly to hbo which would be pretty much all of it at that point uh or warner um rather than like what half of a movie ticket um Mm -hmm. or whatever so i think i think there's a lot like you said the math is way different it's not one movie ticket versus one subscription anymore it's lifetime value versus like how much percentage are we getting this more than than what we would have gotten and and, and, and they're also doing both that's the other thing they're not just doing online they're doing both so they get a a, to dip their their hands in both pots like the sticky bandits would from home alone Mm -hmm. 2 yeah but i mean let's let's talk about this slate here real quick i was pretty happy to see Godzilla vs. King Kong on here just because we mentioned last week I hadn't seen any of these movies before and there's a reason why because I just don't feel compelled to go to the movie theaters to watch the to watch these films uh, even though they're big creatures and might be fun to see them on you know a big screen but this is great this is going to be in my in my home I can just like sit down uh, and watch them you know I I know Chris that you have given me the ability to watch the other three films in this series uh, from the comfort of my own home but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe how these streaming rights go seems like hbo might like to have those movies back so they can kind of uh present you with this awesome like four movie playlist when that movie comes out you know they're not going to every time a movie comes to theater that has a sequel they immediately pull back and make (laughs) hey this this is a new era right when i mean when have we ever had a blockbuster film come out the same day at home but but at the same but in that same regard you'd have you would have to pay it's not like it's a new movie you'd have to pay for it like yeah we'll get a, a, a larger cut for someone buying it versus this but i mean you know there i think this has saved me from going to watch space jam 2 in theaters <laughs> because i am not excited for this sequel nobody asked for um mm. space jam 1's not even that good let's be honest i think i think it's caught up in nostalgia more than anything so <laughs> space jam a new legacy is going to save i love bugs bunny i love looting tunes but like it's just not for me right at that uh-huh. same time um and i think the other one that's probably closer to home for me is i just finished the book dune so now i get to watch dune with all these famous actors in it at home without having to go spend whatever two and a half hours in theaters for that too. I'm very excited to watch Dune. In, in yeah. October. I mean, I love, I, I, I hate, you know, not having the theater going experience for kind of like the big fun moments. You know, we reviewed Tenet just the other week and I said, I think I would have gotten a little bit more out of it if I was in front of a bigger screen. Uh, but at the same time, I love the ability to pause, go to the mm-hmm. bathroom when I need to refill up on my snacks, not have to deal with a uh, loud, noisy people. Um, so I, I think people are being a little bit too hyperbolic when yeah. they say this is the death of theaters. Right. I, I do think a lot of them could close down and it could become a little bit more of a niche experience moving forward. But yeah, I, yeah. I feel like the, well, nothing has been able to replace that exact experience right. yet. Yeah. And I think the other three movies we're about to mention will be stuff that I think we would cover on the show. Uh, as well mm-hmm. um the the first one here it's it was scheduled for january but it's not it doesn't have a release date now but it, they did say mortal Kombat um is is that is coming out next year for us to watch which yeah I, I feel like they've they've almost made a, like a, a little bit of a backpedal with that because some of the earlier trailers 
the, the I mean the HBO Max trailer that announced this thing I believe had a title yep. card of Mortal Kombat in it but yep. I went to the official HBO Max uh, YouTube page to find that trailer and I don't think that title card's in there anymore I was looking through I was going through I was taking screenshots of these title cards so I don't know if maybe that one's still in it, limbo but it, well it is it, it, if you go look up the I put up the variety link in here if anyone wants to look up the full list because there's movies in here that we would never cover or watch like mm. Reminiscence or Malignant or King Richard. It's a sports drama. Uh, it's not for us. <laughs> but um, it's Mortal Kombat is on that list. It just they just don't have a footage for us to watch yet, so they didn't put anything up yet. They're like, we'll wait um, a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bury the lead on the last one. The Matrix Four, Mike. The movie we also didn't ask for with Keanu <laughs> Reeves returning to the Matrix. I want to I don't I want to know what the story is. I'm very in the dark on it. I'm very interested to see. Yeah, he. I mean, he was like the the savior, the chosen one, right? I mean, did it work? Yeah. Did he save all of humankind? And, and we're in the Keanu-sans. Anything with him in it right now is gold, right? I mean, uh, I'm I'm down to watch more Keanu Reeves, even if it has to be through the Matrix Four. Yeah, um, I mean, did all did the machines just get a bunch of new graphics cards and they were able to, you know, uh, streamline their equipment? More processors. So now it's not. Yeah, so now it's just not a gigantic planet uh, covered in servers. They're just like, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, we 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 went ahead and we read Wikipedia and we found out people, you know, like Steve Jobs, like to minimize and shrink things. So yeah, we 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 shrunk it all down to about the size of a two-family home. So yeah, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, so a lot a lot of interest with the Matrix Four, but lastly, the biggest superhero movie from Warner Brothers. I think the only one next year is mm. the Suicide Squad from James Gunn. Yeah, uh, um, that I really want to watch that in theater so if, if things are, are better and, and back to normal by uh by that point in the year i'm definitely going to go but i i'm not going to be upset watching that at home again if i need to uh yeah. on repeat for that month <laughs> as many yeah. times and as if, yeah and if you're not worried about splitting hairs uh you know wonder woman is going yeah. to be coming out at the very end of the year you know just a couple days away from 2021 so i would say wonder woman is kind of unofficially yeah. kicking this off yeah exactly and that was the big that was the big announcement several weeks ago right that was like mm-hmm. okay we're gonna do this and then you know uh i think the the uh i guess people's reaction to it kind of dumped them all in uh for that but we're, we're actually gonna talk about that here in a second um i want us to go ahead and say you know this this ca- creates a problem for you mike as <laughs> there is this uh this app is not on roku yet so they need to solve uh, that they're quickly. gonna get the i think they're gonna figure out uh very quickly that uh they need to get this i don't know if hbo max is the one that's gonna come in and be like crap we need to make sure this is available everywhere i don't know if roku's finally gonna break and go oh hbo max just kind of went from this you know just average streaming service to probably the most talked about streaming service even surpassing netflix at least for 24 hours with this news so they're up there now i mean i, yeah. I think they already have one of the best catalogs hbo max does uh but they just don't have the the big shiny new objects yet right. that really attract people but we just talked about a bunch of shiny new objects they're going to get so yeah this roku yeah. deal has got to be sealed and signed off on tons of people stream content through well, roku because the hardware is so cheap and so easy and accessible that's why the adaption for uh you know that well, that that that, ba- that that platform has been so wide. They have an HBO app on there, so the the technology works. We just we just don't know who's who's being the problem here. And uh, again, like we said, it could it could it be HBO not wanting to give in to whatever Roku wants, or Roku being like, you know, 
you can't just put a free app on here and charge subscriptions anymore. Like yeah. we need to see it something. Ha- it has something to do with like data sharing or something. I feel like every time somebody on the internet tries to act like they know what they're talking about, they always bring like, oh, like Hulu wants uh, wants a share of their ad revenue or something like that. And it's just like, there's no ads on this streaming service. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, you might be close. You might be in the realm of some sort of like advertisement or data collection, but like nobody a hundred percent knows. They just keep talking out their ass. So I just kind of, just kind of sit back and wait for the mom and dad to stop fighting so I can yeah. watch HBO max on Roku. Someone figure it out. We, we you're yeah. going to have a lot of people switching to Amazon fire TVs or Apple TVs. If you don't <laughs> figure that out, Roku. Um, and that's not, I mean, most people have both, so it's not really not a problem, but yeah, you, know, mm. you probably want those people in your, in your ecosystem. Uh Probably before Christmas, if I was to be honest, because Wonder Woman 84 is coming on Christmas Day, uh, mm. along with Soul on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so Wonder Woman 84, early reviews are online. I saw these last night, Mike, so beware. Um, if you want to go in clean and, and, and fresh, uh, we're, what, how, when was this movie supposed to come out? Earlier this year, right? Like almost yeah, a year ago, it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like, you know, if I had to guess, I'm I'm looking forward to a good experience. Patty Jenkins did a good job with Wonder Woman 1. You know, the third act kind of unfortunately fell into kind of uh, just very traditional superhero territory of just like one big CG battle at the end. So, you know, hopefully we don't run into that again. I have to say they have been very reserved with uh, Cheetah, right? This movie has been delayed almost... Uh, I think think close to a year. Yeah, yeah, it's been delayed for quite a while, and they've had every opportunity to dip into the cheetah well to 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 reinvigorate hype. And I I have to to say, I'm happy that they haven't gone there yet. Now we've seen some like movie theater promotional art and some like popcorn buckets that have shown what she will look like, Um, and I think we've seen some pretty like. We've seen some like quick stuff, but we haven't like they haven't really delved deep into it. Well, so we, I'm, we I'm happy to see look in that summer trailer, um, but, well, they, they, yeah. but they're not. They haven't put any other trailers out. Yeah, we don't know what the tra- we don't know what the transformation looks like. We don't know if Christian uh, Wiig is just going to be stuck like that forever moving forward because I don't think she transforms in the comic books, does she? I think she's just stuck if, looking like a cheetah. Yeah, as far as I know, she's permanent in the comic books, and uh, yeah, yeah they, they kind of played coy on this one. Yeah, we don't know exactly, uh, you know, how Pedro Pascal is going to play out. So I would they they've done a good job keeping things as close to their chest as they can, all things considered. So I feel like I have a lot to watch. You know, how the hell does uh, Chris Pine come back into this? What's going yeah. on here? I don't know. Yeah, well, th- th- there's a lot of questions. So stay away from those reviews uh, if you can, uh, so you don't get yourself ruined by anything. Um, but also uh, a note on um, this month, uh, December, HBO Max has removed their free trials. Uh, so there's no seven day free trial anymore for HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing this because they're giving you a shit ton of movies next year, and they don't want you <laughs> making Gmail accounts for every one of those movies. <laughs> they want your money if they're going to be making that investment. So, um, yeah, just I mean I know it's, it's, it sucks sometimes, but you know what you're getting on these now. You, there's no guessing uh, when you yeah. go into them. Uh, Disney Plus did this before Hamilton came out. I don't know if you knew that uh, earlier this year. So, uh, yeah, you can't get a free trial of Disney Plus anymore. Um, but they had a Fortnite thing. Have you bought something in Fortnite? They give you two free months or something. So that was kind of nice. Well, what what doesn't Fortnite do? Yeah. I feel like if I start playing Fortnite, I'll 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 dig up like a chest and I'll get like a free Papa John's gift card or something. Yeah, like, yeah. There's so much cross promotion in that game. Yeah, uh, the only thing I've seen cross promoted that isn't out yet is, is the Halo Infinite candies and snacks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that game's delayed till whenever. But 
whatever. But speaking of, the only thing on this list that HBO Max did not tell us, uh, give us a date for, is Justice League. However, in all this Warner Brothers stuff this week, he did say the CEO confirmed that the film is coming out in a few months on the streaming service. So, all right. <laughs> so, um, again, now now Justice League has to compete with theater movies. Like, so, you know, what are you, what are you doing with this four-week show? It already of? was a theater movie. Yeah, right? Uh, so... Um, yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's good. I mean, glad we're not waiting until next fall like we thought we kind of were going to have to for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like, finally, we can just get this out and get it over with and move on to the, the yeah. next thing. Sounds like it Sounds like it might be in between quarter one and quarter two, possibly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this leads into the Suicide Squad because um, I know a lot of people are hyped for it uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So um, James Gunn does good stuff. Last bit of DC world stuff is the CW, right? They're still going on with mm-hmm. some shows. David Ramsey, the guy who played Diggle in Arrow, uh, is actually directing five episodes of these shows coming up this year, uh, mm-hmm. which includes Superman and Lois, The Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman, and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Ain't nothing wrong with that. I like it when actors take up the take up the reins of directing, uh, and because usually they have a pretty good perspective. Uh, you know, most of the time I've seen this out there, like on IMDb. You know, like oh, I'm watching a movie I really like. Oh, who directed this? What's going on? You look yeah. it up. Like oh, this person used to be an actor. Usually turns out pretty well. Yeah, it, I mean exactly, and especially because he was like in every episode of Arrow, right? Like I don't think there was an Arrow episode Diggle wasn't in. Um, but he will also be returning as, um, Diggle and a mystery character. Now, did you watch the end of arrow by chance? No, I didn't. So the last time we saw him, he had a green glowing box and everyone thinks that he is in fact, um, his real name is John Stewart and he is possibly the green lantern of the CW universe. So that's what people think he's coming back as. Would you think they would be so bold Berlanti to let up, <laughs> another green green uh, lantern uh, before he does his I shows. mean it well I mean isn't kind of like the whole concept around this possible HBO green lantern show that it's going to focus on a couple different lanterns mm-hmm. I feel like that's the kind of the last word that we heard from that so you know if he just happens to be one of them I think that might be kind of a fun tie back to the the CW universe um I was just going to say real quick since they were talking about him uh, uh directing that movie I talked about at the top of the show happiest season that is written and directed by I don't know how to say her first name. C-L-E-A. Is that just Clea? Clay? Clea. Clea. Clea Duvall. And she, I know her as an actress originally. She was like in the faculty, Argo, um, a lot of other things that I, that I grew up watching. So, and she made a pretty good movie. So, um, I'm all on board. Oh, more, yeah. If you, if you uh, see, Diggle. if you see, that, uh, yeah, as soon as I said Clea Duvall, I'm like, man, she is in the faculty. And I was like... <laughs> Um, I remember from Zodiac, uh, that, that really long movie. Um, oh, Fincher's Zodiac? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, was that Fincher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Robert Downey Jr., I believe Mark Ruffalo was in as well. Um, mm-hmm. she's got that face, she's got a face you recognize. You're like, yeah, yeah, you know who it is. Um, yeah, that's cool. So I think, I think the CW, I forgot these stuff was going on. So, you know, they want to bring some Green Arrow, a Green Lantern in to get some interest back in these they're gonna have yeah. to right yeah it, se- it seems like the cw might be it might be time for another refresh uh-huh. rebrand of the channel uh yeah i feel like the superhero stuff only has so yeah. many more years left over there on that network well if they do need a refresh and want to refresh this and keep this universe going get rid of everything they kind of are supergirl and um, black lightning stopping get rid of the flash start over with a new group of video uh you know with c-level characters and see where it goes yeah, just reboot it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's whatever. They just want they just want lost what supernatural, right? Too. So, uh, they're hurting for content right now. Uh, fresh content. 
I forgot to bring this up last week. I know we talked about it in the middle in our in our group chat, but because of all the news, everything going on, um, the Black Panther movie uh, has a new intro to the film added the the Marvel intro uh, that has been updated to uh, have an homage to J- Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther since his, his passing. Yeah, if, if you're not familiar, if you remember how the Marvel logo, it's just basically a, a camera kind of swooping around the words Marvel. And as you kind of approach the sides of the letters, you kind of you 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 would usually see different clips from different movies. But now it's just all Chadwick. So I was like, that's really cool. That's nice. Like like you said earlier with the holidays movies that made us, what's something that an editor sitting at home can just, you know, do, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of cool. So yeah. I, that was pretty cool. And, and, and they did it with it's not just film stuff that behind the scenes footage, you know, as an actor and, and, and a person, not just Black Panther. Um, mm. And I think they dropped on as like his 44th birthday, I think is when they updated it. So um, very, very nice homage, very nice update. And that's on the Disney plus version of the film. You can go check that out and watch the movie. You know, st- stick around, watch the whole thing right now. Marvel's filming Hawkeye in New York, Mike, and we're getting set mm-hmm. photos left and right, left and right. Boom, 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 boom. So to do so, uh, they start announcing some cast and the first big casting announcement is that of Kate Bishop. I think we've been, <laughs> I thought, thought you were going to say the dog. <laughs> Cause I was looking at a picture of it. No, no, no. So, um, we've been, uh, they, we've been curious about this since they announced this back at comic-con last year, right? Who, who was going to do it? Will they play? Who will, be Kate Bishop, the young Avenger Hawkeye, pretty much who played Hawkeye. So uh, the biggest rumor forever was uh, Bumblebee actress Haley Steinfeld, and she is, in fact, in this now. I think her Apple TV show maybe wrapped up or was canceled. Um, no, she- I I, th- I think it's still I think it's still going. She's probably just in between projects. Yeah. I just thought the announcement was pretty funny because I don't know exactly the timeline of of which Haley Steinfeld uh, or yeah Steinfeld. I keep sorry, I keep I it keeps sounding wrong because the way my mother would per- pronounce the show Seinfeld was Steinfeld. Uh-huh. So I get I keep thinking I'm saying it wrong, uh, but I remember I was online and I was like. I think you showed me the set photos that showed her on set with Jeremy Renner, yeah. like in the subway, like straight up. She's holding a bow. It's a hundred percent confirmed just by this photo that she is indeed Kate Bishop. <laughs> and then later that day, I feel like I saw it officially confirmed. Yeah. So I'm surprised Marvel waited that long. Like if you're out there shooting in public, somebody's going to well, see her. So, well, Marvel usually doesn't, unless it's at the beginning of a project, they don't announce anybody very very soon after but because they're filming they did some other stuff we'll talk about it. but i just want to say we also get lucky the pizza dog from the matt fraction run which is like all <laughs> i've ever wanted uh if they were if they were gonna do matt fraction they have to have the dog and they got lucky the pizza dog and you can see um hawkeye he's uh, this photo that they took just makes him look so cranky and grumpy uh yeah hawkeye so uh he looks like his mohawk's not there anymore so he's back to his regular hawkeye hair so maybe some time has passed we don't know how long since the uh, yeah in game, it'll be an it'll be an interesting collision of narratives, right? Because Matt Fraction's Hawkeye was all about kind of him living in the city, kind of in a loft by himself, fighting like low level crime, like something a a regular dude with a bow and arrow could kind of solve. You know, think like Daredevil, but with yeah. less powers. Uh, and he was single. I don't believe he had a family, but you know, knowing the the long long canon of Marvel, you know, there's a chance that he could have had family forty years ago that died in the comic books, and you just kind of forgot about it. But that being said, he very much established in this uh, cinematic universe. He has a family. Uh, he, he loves them and he misses them yeah. very much. Uh, so it makes me think that 
in order for him to officially retire, right, he's going to have to go to the city and train this person to take up the mantle or he's or he's going to feel like he just can't relax, you know. So that's what I think is happening here. So mm. I, yeah, I don't think Hawkeye is really living in the city here, yeah. but... I do like how you bring this up. I feel like every time we talk about Hawkeye of what was he doing as Ronan in those mystery years? And maybe he did have a loft like in, you know, half abandoned New York City or I think, yeah. is it Brooklyn? Is that where it is? I don't know exactly where it's set in the Fraction yeah. universe. So, you know, there could be a short stint where he was a bachelor, uh, but he wouldn't have been like a happy, uh, you know, a go lucky bachelor kind of like he is in the comic books. Yeah. He would have been very sad and depressed. But there is ways to kind of weave the narrative it, well, together there. It, it, his time as running could come back to haunt him. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he has, instead of being with his family, he has to go take care of it. So they're not in danger anymore kind of thing. So I, I think there's a couple ways they can do it. And, and you know, I don't know how Kate Bishop is going like, to tie into his story fully, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be definitely keeping our eyes on this as we kind of do it. But the other confirmed cast for the show is because now they're filming like, okay, here's our cast list. So no more surprises. Um, the biggest draw here is Florence Pugh, uh, as Yelena Belova coming back from, um, Black Widow. So my assumption is she survives through the movie uh, <laughs> now. So um, you know, this is where we talk about maybe the the shows might ruin the the continuity. Maybe it's a flashback. I doubt it, but um, you know, this is where we get a confirmation she probably lives through that movie to come back and yeah, do this. Yeah, I feel like this is almost kind of one of those things of the only people that are going to be really concerned or picking up on this news are people like you and me that really keep track of it. But also on the same at the on the same edge here is we also know that uh, Florence is kind of being set up to almost be a replacement for Black Widow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not totally confirmed, but I, I don't I was never kind of assuming or guessing that she could possibly die, but I guess it might deflate some dramatic sequences mm-hmm. where maybe she could uh well, <laughs> maybe where she well, could die, but the the whole point of that question is where was she during Infinity War or Endgame if she was mm-hmm. alive? In that, you know, like you think yeah, she was, she was staying the hell away. She was like, I'm not going to go fight an alien. I yeah. don't have superpowers. I'm not stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah, but also, you know, the, the black widow did die in that. So we'll, I don't know. We'll figure that out. But I think that's cool. She's coming back. Actress Vera Farmiga as Kate's mother. People think she's playing the character, Madam mask, um, as well, which is not canon. She's not, that's not Kate's mother, but could have replaced her maybe. Um, Froffy is his name. Froffy as Kazi, who is known as Clown in the Fraction comic books. He shows up in like Mm. issue four, I think. Tony Dalton as Swordsman, the guy who trained Hawkeye. The actors don't really matter. It's the the characters are playing. And lastly, Mm. Alakwa, I think I'm I'm probably butchering this. Alakwa Cox as Echo, who's a deaf character who can mimic movements of another person. So kind of like, um, Mm -hmm. imagine a a deaf taskmaster, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we're seeing some more uh, deaf representation just yeah. because we just finished playing Miles Morales and there was a there was a supporting yeah. character that was deaf well, in that movie as well. Hawkeye as well. Um, wears hearing aids in, in the Avengers books. Like he's he's technically almost deaf in those books anyway. So maybe mm. they bring that into this somehow. Um, yeah, I feel like I just saw something on Twitter where Jeremy Renner on set was wearing a hearing aid in his ear. But I was almost thinking, does Jeremy Renner need, need a hearing aid? I mean, that could be a possibility. You don't have to be uh, an elderly person to need a yep. hearing assistance. So I wasn't sure if just that was Jeremy Renner or not. But also, it's like a movie set as well, and sometimes people just need those to kind of, you know, if they don't know their lines or you it know, could be action stage 
cues. Yeah, if they need stage direction. So I don't know how much we can take from that set photo of a, a hearing aid in his ear. Yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting. It Stuff's happening. That's all I care about. Things are being made. As long as it's being made safely, no one's getting sick. I'm just glad that we have stuff to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And then this is, and this is probably, to me the an avenger getting his own show is is uh one of the original avengers getting his own show right like that's i think the mm-hmm. biggest part about hawkeye everyone's like well it's hawkeye like well but he was literally in thor and the avengers right scarlet witch and vision they're getting theirs they were avengers bucky and then um the falcon are getting theirs but they're not original avengers so i think this is cool that an og he didn't get his own movie but he's getting the show. So Yeah, and and weirdly enough, a character without superpowers, I think can make better television than a superhero can, right? Because when you're talking about superhero, you're talking about big action set pieces, you're talking about very very high stakes, which fits so well with movies. But when you're talking about this lower level character, you know, I think a Hawkeye series is just going to fit really really well episodically, and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to Let, it. Less less uh, effects heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how how effects heavy um one division is going to be uh, for that but that is january 15th we are almost a month away so hawkeye filming Haley steinfeld kate bishop awesome on that note this week in the avengers game you get kate bishop as a playable character for free mm-hmm. on 12 8 um again this game has always made the promise any additional characters will be free of charge and that is true the first one is here the next one is hawkeye after that and then i know they have black panther War Machine, She-Hulk, there's a whole laundry list of characters adding. Um, Gratis. So uh, if you've got the game, picked it up on discount. Maybe there'll probably be another one coming up here for the holidays. Uh, you can go get it. She's got a full skill tree. She's got missions. She's got teleport arrows, Mike, um, to move around the map a little bit. So uh, yeah, I think uh, what the rumor out there in the world is that this game could possibly go free to play soon because I, I think it's uh i think they're struggling to break even still well um, but it's a game so. as a service again i think I, we, I think we've talked about this before like they're never going to break even on initial sales it's always the dlc or the the, the concept this is like how destiny works right like they always put it out there and they add more stuff and you buy into it over time i think but correct me if i'm wrong i can download destiny and play it for free right now right they went free to play two years later yeah um but but you have to buy the extra content for it. Yeah. This one. Well, is, all I'm saying is, if you're on the fence and you're and you're not you're not dying to play it right this second, yeah. you know maybe maybe wait a couple months. It, it could possibly pop up for free. Yeah. And, but there are if you do buy every character you get you'll get free. This isn't like a mm. this isn't a Fortnite or Call of Duty scenario where you're like, oh you have to buy the battle pass or you have to buy the uh, the the character like you get them all. So it, it goes both ways for that. Mm-hmm. You you probably find it probably secondhand pretty quick pretty cheap if you mm. want to give her the old go speaking of video games milk Ooh, your solid boy uh has added oscar isaac of star wars and moon knight fame to play <laughs> solid snake in the upcoming film adaptation he is attached to everything and i feel like get the other bullet point out of the way chris because i have some uh, yeah. emotions and feelings to process perfect here. uh this is directed by uh, jordan uh Vogue roberts who directed kong skull island uh another um big property and then also written by Derek connelly who also wrote skull island and the upcoming jurassic world dominion as yes well. and if you check out that guy's imdb you will also see him credited as uh the most recent uh star wars film God, what is it the rise of skywalker is that the name of it again yeah i keep forgetting it because i just can't keep track but i believe truly he's credited as writing the unfilmed version the first version of the script yep. that he worked on with the the 
guy who directed Jurassic World. I forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, so he worked with Colin Trevorrow Trevor- yeah, on, on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and um, also The Rise of Skywalker, which never... I, mean, I don't know how many of his beats saw the light of day, but he did work on the first draft of it. <laughs> yeah, so and, I have so I have so many mixed feelings. Uh, well, he also <laughs> so he, I just put out he also co-wrote. I was going to throw this in there as a bonus point. He wrote he co-wrote Detective Pikachu, which is another mm. like what the best video game adaptation movie we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, that actually is a film that I did enjoy. So I, it's so weird because I have to say, just talking about uh, Metal Gear Solid from a story point of view, just from the video games. Man, is it crazy. It is it is not a very cohesive narrative. It's all over the place. If you try to track the through line for this character, you know, through all of the games, the longer story arc, right? Uh, I saw some, uh, I, I can't really complain that they're complaining because I'm a nerd just like them, but they were like, some people that upset that places like Variety and The Hollywood Reporter weren't reporting the story right. Like, oh, Oscar Isaac's not really playing Solid Snake. He's actually pl- p- playing Big Boss, and then they should be putting Big Boss in the title. And it's just like it doesn't matter. Uh, it shut up. The, is, these video games make no sense to begin well, with. So, you so, know? so, time out. Big Boss and Solid Snake are Solid Snake is a clone of Big Boss. So technically, they're both right. Yeah, but it just it's just uh just that's the that's the tip of the iceberg yeah. of trying to make sense of this narrative. So if it's I had true. to if I have the if I have to wind myself back, if I just look at it on a video game by video game basis, right? The original Metal Gear Solid that came out on the PlayStation One is one of uh the most um one of the most iconic games of my childhood. This was like the first video game I ever played that kind of made me feel like an adult, made me feel like I was moving into a realm of video games that I've never touched before because Kojima is very cinematic. It had like this video game has an opening credit scroll that you that you're scuba diving through and the credits are still up on the screen when you're moving through the the first kind of elevator kind of factory floor when you're trying to sneak up the elevator and then you get revealed the wintry snow tundra outside of this facility that you're trying to sneak into. So it's just so so cinematic and it's just grilled into my brain and I've played it so many times and it was like one of the first real real, uh, involved games that I ever beat, you know. When I was a kid, I didn't have a lot of attention uh, to trying to complete a lot of these games on Super Nintendo and stuff. But man, once I got my PlayStation, it was a whole different whole different yeah. game. But if you look at Metal Gear Solid, the video game on its own, the story's not too complicated, right? You can follow it. It's just there enough. So it's when you move on from there, right? It's when you get into Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, all of these different side video games. I tried to watch an explainer video on YouTube like literally just a couple weeks ago, and it's like over an hour long, and it's so confusing. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. And... I know Kojima is uh, very, very influenced by uh, cinema itself, so it makes sense that eventually this game could become a film, right? Uh, so one of I'm them. Actually, I'm actually kind of hoping uh, Hollywood does what it always does and dumbs it down and makes it a little bit more coherent, right? Uh, I follow jo- Jordan Voight Roberts, uh, the guy who's directing this film over on Twitter and he is in love with this video game franchise, right? He's always retweeting artwork, retweeting like these essays and videos on Metal Gear. He is all in this. So I totally trust that he's going to remain faithful, at least to the feeling and style of the video game. 
I actually kind of hope he just kind of updates the story a little bit, right? Make it something a little bit more coherent, something I can follow. Go ahead, throw clones in it, go as crazy as you want to get. But I hope he just builds a solid foundation to, if it gets turned into a whole franchise, the second movie and the third movie still also make sense because uh, that's not how those things go in the video games. Uh, but then I look at the writer, right? I mean, is this, uh, is uh, Derek Conley the type of guy that can handle this type of story? You know, you did mention Detective, Detective Pikachu, but I think Pokemon and Metal Gear Solid are kind of apples and oranges when it comes to video game narratives. Uh, you know, Jurassic World, a lot of people are split on that franchise. You know, it's fun schlock, but do we want Metal Gear Solid to be fun schlock? So I just don't know. I'm all over the place. So what I have decided to do uh, I think I decided this yesterday as I'm just going to lower my expectations to the absolute ground. I'm just going to uh, expect this movie to be awful, just a throwaway garbage that no one really wants to see. It's just going to be another video game adaptation that people are going to blink and forget about. And if I just, if I'm in that mindset, hopefully I can enjoy the movie when it comes out. Mm -hmm. But bringing it back around to the original news, Oster Isaac, solid Solid choice for Solid Snake, right? I mean, we love this guy over here at the podcast. We were super excited to see him as Moon Knight. Uh, he's yep. one of the he's one of the few things I like with the newer Star Wars trilogy that we released. I mean, this guy has nothing but a career ahead of him, right? He's in Dune, right? Yeah, he's in Dune as, uh, as, as, as yeah. uh, Duke uh, Leto Atreides. Yeah, he's in everything. I mean, he's like he's at the top of his game right now. He's his career is probably never going to be better well, than it is he, right now. He voices Spider-Man <laughs> 2099 at the end of into the, the Spider-Verse. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He is uh, he has he has max proliferation right now, yeah, especially <laughs> so, in, nerd, in nerd culture. Yeah, I mean, if all of these, man, can you imagine if all of these things pop off well? If Moon Knight ends up being awesome, if Metal Gear is great, everybody loves this adaption of Dune. I mean, he could be, I mean, I don't know what the next, could he be the next, like, George Clooney, you know? Is he, like, the next big person? Well, I, I, uh, I hell, even George, even George Clooney was able to make a stinker in uh, in Batman, and he still continued to be uh, to be Hollywood's favorite ever man. Well, so. I'd, I'd, man, I'm pulling for Oscar I'd put a, I sure. put him in a Josh Brolin category. Um, you know, Josh Brolin, he did some bad stuff. Uh, he well, it was uh, Jonah Hex, uh, but mm -hmm. you know, he's always been around doing stuff. He, you know, they were both in Coen Brothers films. One was um, in, inside uh, Lou and Davis, and the other was in uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, you know, have kind of come back into superhero roles uh, with Deadpool 2 and, and stuff like this. So I think there's an opportunity there uh, for him to, you know, kind of take that, take that and run with it. Um, so th the fun fact about all this is because I've never played a Metal Gear game. Uh, ever in my entire mm -hmm. life, um, it's it's evaded me um, uh, for some reason. Not not by choice. It's just never been something that I went to uh, right away. But I've tried to follow the, the stuff online before. I'm like, if I want to get into this, where do I start? Uh, no, not even close to starting anywhere yeah, along the, the way. The th the thing that's so difficult is so many new games have been made that go back in time, yeah. right? So the easiest time, the easiest era of Metal Gear Solid to explain is when the first couple games came out, because that's when things were still relatively simple and it was just infiltrate this, defeat the bad guy because he has blueprints to build a bad nuclear warhead or something yeah. like that. But then they started making all these well, prequel games that added more and more to the story. So when you go online and you try to find like an official timeline, you're just thrown right into it. You're just like, there's this dude, his face is melted off, he wears like a funny hat and a trench coat and he's doing all this crazy nutso butso stuff. And then you're halfway through the video until you get to the very first Metal Gear game that was on like a like a Nintendo. not even like a Nintendo it was Nintendo or I, I 
Was it? I thought yeah. it was like a Super Famicom or something well, a like fam- that. Famicom is a Nintendo. Oh, is that yeah, yeah? That what it was over there. So it's just like you have to like watch an hour of this explainer before you even get to the original yeah. game, and you're just like, oh my god. Well, so if if anybody, no one in my in, in my right mind, nobody can defend the narrative for the Metal Gear universe. It's a mess, but you can easily defend the games because the gameplay is fun. So, um, but. Uh, Metal Gear Solid is a great place to start. That's the best place you want to start this narrative. Well, so the whole point of this is, just just for people who who don't know much like myself, a Metal Gear is a walking bipedal uh, robot, essentially, that can fire nuclear warheads. Sometimes. Well... Sometimes. The coolest ones walk around and look like mechs, but there's some that look like just big tanks. Like, if you go back in time, they get less fancy. But when you go forward in time, they get these weird, like, organic muscles, and they look like cows. But but the whole point is nuclear warfare. (laughs) Like, the whole process is you're... you're, um, (laughs) Essentially, I guess, kind of like a James Bond meets a commando trying to stop nuclear warfare... Uh, from from being portable at the end of the day, no matter mm-hmm. which way you cut it. So that's the way I looked into it. The, the, I did dig a little deeper. So the director, Jordan uh, Vach Roberts, was actually has been attached to this product, project since the middle of 2014. Oh, um, so he has been working on this and working on this and going through different writers. He's gone through, I think, I think this is the second writer. I know you're, I know you're concerned about this stuff, but like, you know, this is the second writer. So he's, he's, he's evolving it. I don't think there's much of a problem with that. I mean, if, if they can get something off the ground, I think that'll be fine. Um, yeah. But I mean, what you want, you want a nerd attached to this project, right? You yeah. don't want to see somebody like a Steven Spielberg or um, or a J.J. Abrams get attached to this film as director because I don't think for a second any of those guys have ever played this video game or or at least or at least have the capacity to nerd out yeah. over or over a video well, game, right? So I'm glad that I know the director is yeah. all in. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and this guy, um, Derek Connolly, has worked very closely. I think everything but one project he's done has done with Colin Trevorrow. Um, so whether, whether or not you, you like his work in Jurassic world or whatever, he did do the film safety, not guaranteed. Um, do you remember that one back with Aubrey Plaza? Yeah. So I, I do, I do like that. There are yeah. some kind of indie roots to him. Yeah. Well, he, he's got at least, you know, if he needs to ask for feedback, he's got people to feedback from like, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying here. So, um, and look, looks like here, just, just again, he didn't thank God he was did not do the final draft of Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, <laughs> he was asked to write it, but then they were like, they did the one by Steven S. Tonight because I, I really don't like that movie. When, when no. But I don't, Me neither. I don't know much about Metal Gear, but you know, if they can, you know, get some producers involved who want to make a good movie. Not I'm I am looking forward to the spoiler cast eventually for this film because I'm gonna have a background knowledge of it. You're just gonna go in kind of fresh, just kind of knowing the general kind of landscape of Metal Gear, and it'll be fun to go back and forth. Robots and nuclear warheads. Yeah, Let's there you do go. It. Stealth. However, you're gonna show stealth on screen. Yeah. So uh, he hides in a cardboard box. He was in Smash <laughs> Brothers. I remember that. Um, at the, at, we're gonna switch gears. Speaking of Star Wars, the goddamn crying shame. Star Wars Detours, I think we've talked about it since we've started this, because this show was made almost a decade ago. Made by the guys who do Robot Chicken in a CG anime style to be 12, or was it six minute, three six minute episodes in a half hour slot, parroting Star Wars in like a a fun and pun kind of way, right? Um, Mm. Using actual voice actors from the show. One full episode finally leaked online this week after almost 10 years of them Mm. shelving two seasons of this. And, um, 
It's called. It's at Dexter Jetster's Diner. If you remember that um, from from episode two, and it deals with the bounty hunters Forlom and Zuckus, voiced by Weird Al Yankovic and Andy <laughs> Richter, respectively. Oh, that's great. And how close and and the, the whole thing. Ahmed Best does Jar Jar Binks. Um, what's his name? Does Lando Calrissian? Uh, Billy D. Williams. There's some other actors. This is a very fun animated show that's like PG Robot Chicken, if you will, set in Star Wars. I had this episode downloaded. They actually took it offline. They were asked to by a copyright claim from Disney, um, showing the legitimacy of this. But Disney won't release it, Mike. And you got a? Ch- did you get a chance to watch it before they took it down? Uh, just a little bit of it, just enough to kind of see the aesthetics and kind of like the production value of it. Because when you say robot chicken, you think you're going to be getting like stop motion, but this yeah. is fully CG. Yeah. Um, so I, when when I see it leak, the first thing I think is, oh, this is intentional. Yeah. Whether it's intentional by Disney or maybe somebody that worked on the show, but I think somebody's just like, hey, a lot of people worked really hard to make two full seasons of this show. I'm going to put just a little bit of it out there to maybe just see if people like it. And hell yeah, I I might be asked to take it down. But if there's enough people that respond well, at least maybe we can get it out there in the world. You know, at the very least, maybe like a DVD box set, just so I can technically say this is something that I worked on. So so this was released or announced in mid-2012, and then they made 39 episodes complete, and then they postponed it in the middle of 2013. I think that was in the middle of the, the Disney purchase, right? Uh, right Ooh. when they were about to do a the um, get rid of all the canon, we're gonna make Star Wars series. You can't make fun of our Star Wars characters anymore. The Family Guy stuff was done. The Robot Chicken stuff was done. We're about to bring all these movies back. Um, so they someone leaked this. Disney made him pull it down. Weird Al Yankovic acknowledged it on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been sitting on this for you know eight, probably probably nine. They were probably working on it before they announced it. About eight nine years, and. Um, this would be perfect, absolutely beautiful right now when we have no Star Wars content coming out, right? No, nothing touching the original characters to put on Disney Plus as something to just watch. Like, hey, the long lost Star Wars detours, here you go. Um, maybe when maybe when the Mandalorian's over, probably because there's probably some, some stuff from there, some characters in there that are parody, but... I think this would be beautiful to put on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there's maybe some sort of legal tie-up about it, right? You know, if you know, because yeah, it makes sense. Just throw it up on Disney Plus. Just a couple clicks of a mouse to drag over something from a hard drive. You know, just tag the episodes accordingly, and you don't even have to let people know. You don't even have to put it on the newly arrived banner. You know, you could let people discover it. They would watch it, and it would just be content. And and there you go. Makes me think like, do they have to like have something clear? Do they have to pay somebody? before they get it streaming were the streaming rights ever negotiated when the show was you know created did they only have broadcast rights for it so it may just makes me think like oh it's gonna cost too much just to get a couple lawyers to figure this out but i do agree like there's no reason this can't just be out there yeah six minute episodes is perfect this is stuff i mean they could put these on youtube right youtube exclusive show and watch them and then put them on, yeah. on, on Disney Plus later as a collection. It's actually interesting. I think there's probably less legal rights here because it's made by Lucasfilm Animation mm-hmm. um, and owned by them. There was no distributor involved other than Lucasfilm. Um, and I think maybe Fox at that time. But like the uh, Lucasfilm is known for making the um, Clone Wars movie and the Clone Wars TV show and Rebels. So like that was what they were working on while yeah. they were making this. So like that's some high quality. There's a high quality team there. 
Um, yeah. And also, unfortunately, in the animation world, if you're familiar with the term above the line and below the line, people that are above the line, those are people that usually participate in uh, profits of the show. And I believe there's a lot less people above the line in animation than, than there is in live action show. So it actually should, actually, like you said, be even simpler to get something like this up on Disney+. Plus. But yeah, it's just kind of weird. Like, why are you sitting on this? Just, you know, put it out there. You're in a streaming war. But yeah, it could possibly be maybe after yeah. Mando, right? You know, after the Ma- Mandalorian wraps up, when are we going to be seeing more Star Wars? Like, really? Like, yeah. is it going to be just another year until we well, get the next season of Mandalorian? I know Obi-Wan's going to be shooting soon, but, you know, who knows when that's going to be done and yeah. airing. Well, they they've not, they never announced they were filming Mando season two, right? They were just, it was just here a year later. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, could they be filming now? Will, um, will that be filming next? Um, I know for a fact the... Oh, what the hell's his name? The the guy that we don't want to see the show of. Uh, what's from Rogue oh, One? Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? This is how excited I'm trying we are to- for this show. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining Alan Tudyk as K2SO. The only the only thing memorable from really from that is the is the addition of the droid. But what does he say his name? Uh, he like says Cassian his name, Andor. Like- Cassian, that's there right. So Cassian Andor, because I want to say it's like Lando Calrissian, but like rejumbled <laughs> up. Um, so that show's filming currently in England. So like they could do this, but like this show doesn't hurt anybody and it doesn't do anything offensive. It'd be perfect to live on there. Maybe even Hulu. I mean, if they want to put it on Hulu, put it on Hulu. I don't give a shit. This episode, <laughs> the six minute episode, which they made them take down offline, is just full of great Star Wars fun and pun, and that's what I really want to see in some Star Wars right now. Like, don't take it seriously. Let's have some good times with it. And and Weird Al as a voice actor is just fantastic in this. I I never yeah, thought Al's I'd want him stuff, but yeah, he's been he's been uh, he's been voice acting for a while. He he does um he does a show. He does like a kid show where he's like the main character, but I forgot what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Phineas and Ferb, but it's like something kind of like that. Um, I don't know what it is, but. Yeah. So, something with Moore's Law? No, not Moore's Law. Moore's Law, Less Law. Darwin, something. I mean, we're gonna have to look this up now because I mean, I've got, I've got the, I've got the wiki pulled up for detours. Let me just click on it right here. But I do, but I do know Weird Al. He's also done voice acting for BoJack Horseman. He's like Mr. Peanut Butter's brother, dad. I think brother. Mm-hmm. Milo yeah, uh, Murphy's Law. Milo, yeah, Murphy's Law. That's what it was. So yeah, Weird Al's great. He's a treasure. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got, he's, he's got a lot of stuff there. I mean, he also voices um, um, was it um. He wasn't voice. He was in with the Batmite episode of Batman. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, I mean, I, I think I think this show's great. And if you can get a chance to go look on archive.org for this while it's still up, I, I recommend watching. It's six minutes. You're not gonna. This is this is shorter than a Quibi. Uh, so <laughs> if that that gives you any indication there, it's a quick nibble. It's not even a bite. No, not even. It's just a snack. A quick snack. Uh, lastly, we're gonna talk about the TV show Invincible, the animated show coming to Amazon based on the mm-hmm. comic book by Robert Kirkman. Um, they've added some new voice additions at CCXP. They announced them today. Um, this this voice cast is just lining up to be amazing, Mike. And these are the people I can recognize and pull out of a lineup. There's a lot more listed to this I didn't know, and I'm like, I don't want to put them in here. Uh, but like, we're getting Ezra Miller, Mahershala Ali, John Hamm, Clancy Brown, and Jimon Honshu as extra voice actors in this show right now. Um, yeah, I mean, this does kind of make me wonder, is this, is this like little kind of animated? I only say little just because like not a lot of people know about Invincible and it's 
being animated. So that's probably going to mean it's going to get even less eyeballs than it was if it was live action. So this, yeah, this show, is it going to be really this premium adding all these big names to it or the side of my brain thinks that these actors are just looking for quick gigs during the pandemic and their agents are just like, oh yeah, you can just voice this one character on this episode of this Amazon show just from your house. We'll send over a tech with a microphone, say a couple lines and uh, we'll, we'll get you paid. Uh, I, you know, that's kind of where my brain goes. I dare say this will be just as big as the boys on Amazon. Really? Yep. That's that's pretty that's a that's a that's a big call out. I hope you're right. Um I mean Robert Kirkman, I mean if you, he's not involved with it now, but if you look at The Walking Dead when it came out the first 2 years, 3 years, right? Like mm-hmm. that was the zeitgeist of the world. Um so so much so that it's got what two spin-offs now. There's so he's still writing spin-off comic books, but like the main series is wrapped. Um so I mean he does great stuff. Um this was purchased with a lot of other properties he did. Uh, but you know, again, Invincible is a wrapped comic series, and, and adapting a comic to animation is pretty easy. You know, at the end of the day, uh, so I imagine this is going to be huge, and they got a large budget for it. Is what my assumption is. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love to see the zeit. I would love to see the zeitgeist uh, um, change for animation, right? Because mm-hmm. usually, the only thing that ever gets wide is adult comedy animation. It's got to be funny, and it's got to mm-hmm. be raunchy, and that's the only way you're going to hit the masses. And this does seem like it is is going to be mature and its tone but yeah, there's definitely not a lot of comedic talent attached to this this is more kind of a serious in yeah. tone so if this could be the thing that changes it it could be I yeah. mean I, I know Castlevania and the, that animation studio powerhouse animation has been uh, making a lot of kind of adult action oriented stuff that I think is doing pretty well over on Netflix so yeah, hopefully we're hit, hitting a new era over here yeah and and the other thing is it's also it's it's kind of a I think they rated our comic uh, cartoon is what they're shooting for so mm-hmm. um yeah, there's a full. I mean, if you go look at the the, the list on the the Wikipedia, it's huge. But the other cast announced previously is Stephen Yun uh, from The Walking Dead. He played Glenn, is uh, the main character, and J.K. Simmons is his father. Uh, so from the trailer we watched earlier this year, uh, actress Sandra Oh, Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs, Zazie Beetz, Walton Goggins, Carrie Payton, Zachary Quinto, just to name a few of this. And you know, this is just lining up to be huge. I, I even see when I went over to the wikipedia page here i see even more um may whitman lauren cohan um uh, sonequa martin green who is currently in that the star trek show which is doing really well so um you, yeah you could go take a look at all this stuff on, on the wikipedia page for invincible but i mean i'm just impressed with the number of people they're adding to this um they say it's only eight episodes right now but i mean i'd be surprised if they don't go ahead and just do all like two or three seasons back to back yeah, I mean, if you're a streaming service, it seems like you greenlight everything that's animation right yeah. now, right? Uh, it's the only thing that can really be made super safely. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that they've been uh, Seth Rogen's group has been working on this since probably 2017, I think. So I, I don't think this is a reaction to the pandemic, but if they got extra budget towards it, go ahead and finish it off. Like. Yeah, like extended. oh, we got a couple. Yeah, we got a couple voices we got to record before we get this out there. Re- let's just reach out to the people that we'd love to be in it and let's see if they get back to us. Yeah, yeah sign us up. We'll we'll do voice work. Um, mm. Very very cheap, very affordable. You can you can hire us. <laughs> um, but Mike, that's the show this week. Uh, I've got I've got people who probably cut my internet off here in a minute, so we're we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, literally. Off. There's a there's a tech outside. Yeah, so some. <laughs> I mean, living living in a house, man. The joys of home ownership. You're gonna find stuff doing crazy stuff so let's go do that mike people know what you're up to what you're doing where can they find you 
Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. I'm working on a pretty, pretty tight, if you will, gingerbread house right now. It's Ooh. a it's a couple days process. I made the gingerbread last night. I made some freaking isomalt windows, if you know what that is out there, people. Oh. Melted sugar I, for transparent windows. I've watched enough Great British Bake Off to know what some isomalt is. <laughs> I'm going to be doing some flooding icing here right after the show, and hopefully assembly will go smoothly check out that on uh maybe monday or tuesday that'll be done but i'm taking my time so you can find me over at mike royer design chris if people want to catch up with you see what you're doing where can they find you you can find me on twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n or instagram valdan 87 uh i've got a pretty kick-ass gingerbread uh castle i'm working on if you will i believe oh. I, sh- I shared with you what that was right the I don't. I don't think you did actually. Oh well, I'm gonna have to tell you here after the show, and maybe I'll put some okay. pictures up of it later. Uh, maybe make it this week for the theory for the holidays. Um, you also head over there, um, play with me online, video games, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, what have you. Um, do that. People want to know more about the show, our episodes, our reviews. We've recently done of Tenant, New Mutants, finally uh, some other new content, and get ready for Wonder Woman. Where can they find that all that good stuff at? Oh, all you got to do is visit superheroslate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes so if you want to if you you know if, if you kind of want to pop on over there see that variety article uh for all the warner brothers stuff that's coming out next year uh you know the set photos of hawkeye we got that over in there in our show notes and you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify and wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts please like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, please reach out and let us know what you're vibing on about the show. What are your Metal Gear Solid opinions? Uh, I would be shocked if there's a lot of people out there that knows the entire continuity and story of, story of Metal Gear. Because that just requires a lot of attention, a lot of work. And even if you played all the games, I guarantee that you do not know the whole story. Because it's insane. Because you're going to have to have like a PSP too to get some of that backstory. Which is kind of insane. Uh, so. So reach out and let us know what you think. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, oh, it's oh so easy to do. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, make sure you're wearing your mask and quarantining, and we'll be here every week, folks. It's uh, almost Wonder Woman time. I'm excited. Oh, yes, that time of year, the most wonderful time of the year, Mike. And don't forget the movie Soul. We're going to do one on that because oh, yeah. someone mm-hmm. reminded me this week that Trent Reznor did the music for this movie. And, I, and I, I would you never guess looking at it, but it, I'm, I'm excited, so... You know how I feel. He did Watchmen. People watch Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. They, they closed it down for like seven hours. Um, but they only did that so that you couldn't get the leaks. All the new files were in a whole different download. So the people couldn't data mine it. Um, but I noticed, I've been noticing a lot more like ray tracing stuff. So, all right. Yeah, let's do it.